It's This Week in Bourbon, and I'm Ron Burgundy. And here's your headlines for July 29th, 2022. A task force is being formed to investigate and possibly lower taxes imposed on Kentucky bourbon. Spirit of Gallo has invested in horse soldier bourbon. And Fourgate is dropping four new releases. But before we get started, here's a quick word from our partners. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 000 Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or thebourbonconcierge.com and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 a cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Hey everybody, this week in bourbon, Kenny and Ryan and Ron Burgundy coming in at you. Yeah, where'd Ron Burgundy come from? Well, you know, I was just trying to think of some things of you know how he spiced things up, and I was because <laughs> just thinking of like different ways, and it just reminded me, you know, when they were like, "Ron, you don't need to read the cue cards like that," because <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's a question mark. He's like, "I'm Ron Burgundy." Go f yourself, San Diego. Or was yeah, it exactly. <laughs> yeah. And as he starts lighting a cigar, like that was great, everybody. Not a problem. What's the girl in? Oh, okay. uh, Veronica. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? No, but what's her real name? Uh, uh, Christina Applegate. Applegate. Yes. Yeah. Well, I was watching the Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead <laughs> last night, with, and she was in there, and all I could think about her is in, in uh, Anchorman. It's like, <laughs> you know, if you only knew 15 years later, you would be doing Ron Burgundy stuff, you know, <laughs> or Anchorman. 
and and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead is got to be one of those movies it's a 90s movie where it the plot line only makes sense in the 90s to say i'm a teenager that's sitting there on the resume with a typewriter yeah and sitting there huffing cigarettes right, right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, if you remember that sitting there huffing yes. cigarettes and then yeah has to lie on her resume because her mom leaves for the summer with nine kids to go to australia so they hire a babysitter that dies and she has to become like a fashion icon all in a summer like <laughs> And and they drop her babysitter off in a box <laughs> at the morgue, <laughs> like it's no big deal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nobody nobody's gonna think twice about this one. I'm, I'm what's that? I'm on top of that, Rose. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody's gonna go out and be like, ah, oh, I remember that one. It's, it is a good movie. I, I enjoyed it. It is a solid one. Yeah. Let's let's go ahead and let's get to some bourbon news here. So this is the first headline, and honestly, when I saw this, I. I was like, oh, hallelujah, something might be coming and, and changing because there's a, y'all, we pay a ton of taxes in Kentucky on the, the, the producer side for, for whiskey. Good and God. <laughs> this is kind of, it's kind of a balancing act that you're going to find out here too, is that Kentucky has seen a 400% increase in the number of bourbon distilleries open since 2009. So clearly it's a growing industry, but members of the Kentucky Distillers Association say it's one of the most taxed industries as well. The association said that Kentucky has the fifth highest bourbon and spirits tax rate in America, and state lawmakers may reduce some of those taxes next year. They formed a task force to look into the idea. It's co-chaired by Senate President Robert Stivers. Stivers said he's worried about pulling money away from other local taxing bodies, especially public schools, which is a concern shared by Representative Cheryl Lynn Stevenson. So the specific tax they're looking at is the barrel tax, and which is, this is actually which is based on the value of every aging barrel a distillery has. And KDA lobbyist Chris Nolan said it's one of the several taxes on bourbon that leads to such a, such a high tax rate. And Kentucky is the only state that taxes bourbon barrels, as one of only two states that is still the places that also both exist an excise tax and a wholesale tax on bourbon. The only other state is South Dakota. Nolan said a number of things are also hurting Kentucky's industry, with, which is like the recent taxes on exports, COVID-19, the rising popularity of other spirits, and competition from other states with lower taxes. So despite some misconceptions, bourbon doesn't have to be made exclusively in Kentucky. And he said, if you don't think people are out there trying to take what we have, they are. Yet the revenue it brings in will be tough to make up. Data provided by the Kentucky Distillers Association shows that the barrel tax generates around $15.6 million for counties where distilleries are located, including $5.5 million in funding for public schools. The task force is expected to meet again next month as they prepare to possibly craft a bill lowering the taxes on the bourbon industry during the next legislative session starting in 2023. Yeah, I know Chad McCoy, too, has been a big advocate of lowering these taxes because, I mean, obviously the state doesn't want to give up money, but it, the bourbon industry has grown so much and there's so many more barrels and in inventory. It's like, okay, there needs to be some kind of cap on, you know, what... <laughs> what tax revenue, you know, it, it's like the state's doing nothing to, to earn this, you know, it's, and they're not incentivizing. And so there's, there's been several distilleries and bottling facilities that have gone to other States because oh, you of mean this. like Sazerac and, that went to Indiana. Well, and Tennessee too, they built yeah. a huge, they're building a huge Tennessee whiskey plant down there in Tennessee. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, obviously you want tax revenue for, roads and schools and this and that, but bourbon has grown so much. It's kind of outgrown these. Um, and, and it's ridiculous that 
where they only state that <laughs> charges on aging barrels. And then like for us, you know, as a producer, I think Kentucky, we, we have the, it's the highest amount of taxes. So it's like, we make the less least amount, like we don't even want to do business here because we're taxed so much on, you know, how much bottle sales we do here. So it's, uh, there's a lot of things that just need to change um, so the industry can keep growing here in our home state and not elsewhere because bourbon can be made elsewhere and American whiskey's growing as a category. And, you know, there's some fantastic distilleries outside of Kentucky making a name for themselves. And it's like, you know, what do you want to be? You know, we, we can be the place where, you know, bourbon is king or we can lose that because of tax, you know, unfortunately, businesses need money to grow and keep revenue to keep growing. And when you have to give it to the government that help that stifles that growth. So. Oh, for sure. That was a long tangent. So no, no, you're right. Because I mean, not to kind of toot the horn there, but when we are able to sell our product, it's, we get about an extra 20% when we're selling it to States outside of Kentucky. And that's a, that's a pretty big chunk of change when you're looking at it just from the wholesale tax and the wholesale uh, cost that we were able to get into it. So I'm I'm all for this. I, I really think that they need to do something about it because yes, we are seeing a heyday in bourbon. We're seeing a heyday in regards of a Kentucky bourbon in general, but how much longer, I mean, I don't want to say how much longer, but could there ever be a day when, you know, it's not just Kentucky bourbon's king, right? I mean, it's going to start growing in, in a lot of different places. You know, Texas has got a, everybody from Texas, they love Texas. And yeah, people, Tennessee they, whiskey's growing like crazy. And hell, you know, Ross and Squibb and MGP, you know, Indiana's hell, it's just probably got as much appreciation or loyalty, you know, to that whiskey. So, I mean, yeah, there's opportunity for other states to say, hey, we can be just take a little be bit. Kentucky. We can just be, we can be America's spirit, not Kentucky. So, Kentucky's got to really protect this. And I think one way is to help you know, existing brands here to save on taxes. Yeah. I, I think they are going to be hard pressed to figure out where they can squeeze out all that extra revenue. But I mean, it's true if, yeah, granted they've been making $15.6 million for other counties just on this tax alone. The fact is the industry is growing. So it's 15.6 today, tomorrow it could be 17. The year after that, it could be 20 and it keeps growing and they keep making more revenue on it, yet we're not incentivized to do anything except just keep paying the tax and kind of just stifling our own growth, which is definitely not the uh, the way that it, I would hope it to be run. Yeah, because those are dollars you can invest back in your company, back in your people, back in, uh, it's just not to help. It, it, it's, it's not like we're putting it in our pocket. It's like it, it, you just got to create incentives to keep the thing growing, you know, and taxes while necessary, you don't want them to impede growth of an industry. Yeah. And I know we talk about us and we are definitely small fish oh, in this very. pond because <laughs> could you imagine if the, you know, Brown Foreman and Beam Centauri and Sazerac, I mean, you name it, if they get it behind this and they start putting their lobbyists and their power behind it, it could, it could really push because you're talking of saving tens of millions of dollars every single year from just what they can produce. So definitely they're the ones that can, can really push us over the goal line. Yeah, totally. And like, especially if you can incentivize instead of those dollars going to the government, if you can incentivize those companies to reinvest in the communities and to the more know, jobs, the that they're, yeah, more jobs, like you know, more equipment, it just helps 
the economy and society as a whole versus just going to the government who we all know is really great at spending dollars. So, <laughs> Spending dollars and taking a long time to figure out how to spend those dollars. <laughs> yep, exactly. So we all know that Kentucky is a travel destination and a lot of people are figuring out how can they keep people on their property longer? Well, Castle and Key, they now have a new Airbnb and it's called the Stone House. It's situated in the heart of Kentucky's capital city right there in Frankfurt and within central Kentucky. It's a place that's famous for its bourbon and its horses and guests will be charmed by its recently renovated historic home. So no matter what your reason for travel, this home offers all the modern day amenities, including, uh, or should I say that a guest could desire. It's thoughtful in every detail and guests will experience the historic charm through the signatures of Castle and Key. They say, let our hospitality continue your visit and to the distillery to the comfort of the stone house that's located only a few miles away. I guess I should have looked it up and seen what it was per night, but I did see a picture of it, and it's very much like uh, an old stone house. I mean, it's not very... <laughs> it's, it's, it's a good description. Yeah, I was about to say, they kind of nailed it on the title there. You couldn't, couldn't have uh, get a better descriptor there. I'll, I'll keep going here to keep talking about something else, too, because there's a... Uh, do you remember Henrik? Uh, he interviewed us a long time ago. And yeah. Oh, yeah, from uh, Sweden. Nordic, yes, yes. Or the Nordic the was, Nordic was One of the Nordics, yeah. Yeah, well, so Henrik, he is a wealth of information. He used to post a lot of stuff on the Bourboner Facebook group, too. He is a, a a true nerd when it comes down to this. And he is actually just launching a brand new free YouTube series called Bourbon School. So he's also yes, been a long time. I actually watched one of these. The he's day. good, too, really good. right? Yeah. So it's he's been a longtime supporter of Bourbon Pursuit. But Bourbon School will be around 30-plus video lessons, each lasting around 10 to 20 minutes. And the lessons are going to cover the basics, such as bourbon rules, how whiskey's made, how it's aged, but they're also going to include deep dive into technical topics, such as barrel entry proof, angel share, devil's cut, chill filtration, the purpose of malting, and much more. Ten of the 30 lessons have already been published, and there will be a new one uploaded every single week. You can access them now at via thebourbonnerd.com, and you'll be able to see all the upcoming lessons. So the Bourbon School is completely free. And will always remain so. Henrik encourages everyone to reach out with comments and suggestions. And co contact details can also be found on his website. Very cool. Awesome, Henrik. He's been a huge advocate and component of trying to grow American whiskey and bourbon, in particular in the, the Nordic regions and in Europe as well. So thanks, Henrik, for doing that. And uh, it's fantastically done. I, I watched the first one and it was really good. I was watching it the other night. So... Very nicely thought, done. Yeah, with how with how well he did, I honestly thought he could have done one of those master classes and kind of yeah. walled it a little bit. But that's just who Henrik is. He just loves sharing information. He's a wealth of knowledge, and you he does tastings all the time back home. And most of the time, he just does it for free. It's not because he's trying to. Yeah, he just he just loves to spread the good with, word of it. Who was the his buddy that was with who had a place here in Wisconsin and they. Got all their bur uh gosh. It was Linus yeah. Johnson. That's who it is. Yeah, Linus. He was are really, you know, pushing American whiskey and bourbon over there and we're we're grateful and thankful for it. And check those videos out. They're they're really good. Yes. But yes. I did see the Stone House at Castle and Key is uh it's not it's really pretty affordable. Three oh one a night. And it has three bedrooms, five baths. Sorry, three bedrooms, five beds, two baths. So you can fit seven in there. Okay. I might have said that. I mean, you no, actually, I didn't say that, but 
we'll say the uh, you got to have some close friends, you know, some couples, something like that. So I'd say split between three couples or six friends. That's pretty inexpensive for for a night. And then you get to hang out with the residents of Millville, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the other part of there is figuring out what do you do with the rest of your evening? Yeah. Get a good bonfire going. You know. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> Figure out how to uh, get a sober ride back from Louisville. I think that's the other question there too. Yep. So our other headline is that Spirits of Gallo, and they are the spirits arm of E and J Gallo, which they are a very, 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 very large conglomerate of spirits. They have now invested in horse soldier bourbon, and that is bringing the wine and spirits giant into the burgeoning American whiskey market. Financial terms were not disclosed, but the company said it was making a strategic investment in horse soldier and that it would begin distributing the brand immediately. Horse Soldier was named for the horseback Green Berets who began the U.S. military operations in Afghanistan following 9-11. It has been around since 2016. It was created by a team that included Horse Soldiers from the 5th Special Forces Group. And currently, Horse Soldiers portfolio is available in 17 U.S. markets. The range includes a straight bourbon, retailing around $50, a small batch at $70, and a barrel strength at $80. While the brand will initially face supply constraints, it broke ground last fall in a new 225-acre distillery and consumer experience that'll be in Somerset, Kentucky, called Horse Soldier Farms. That site, whose development will also be accelerated, will be tied up part of Gallo as well, and it's slated to become a new southern anchor on the Kentucky Bourbon Trail, and that'll host a capacity of 1.2 million visitors annually. Wow, that's that's huge. Gallo's massive. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, dang, they, they made a name for themselves. I wonder who pitched them. <laughs> What's funny, they're, I see their pillars at the airport all the time. They got, I don't know, them and Rabbit Hole own all the pillars at the Louisville airport. But, they do. But it, um, I remember we were, I don't know, it was Bardstown Bourbon Company and three or four weeks ago. You know, I saw Justin and everyone there and they were hanging with this entourage of people. And I was like, who's that? And they're like, oh, that's the horse soldiers. And they looked very important. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> this makes sense now that <laughs> congratulations to them though. That's very cool. Yeah, um, I know. And that someone as big as Gallows jumping into the the American whiskey and bourbon scene. That's that's good for the category. Yeah, it's probably a huge cash infusion. And I'm, I'm curious to know what kind of supply constraints they, they're going to face because. <laughs> well, yeah, if you look at their, what they've offered, it's, you know, probably I'd say six to seven to 10 and 12 year old Sazerac Barton products. So I have a feeling that's a, like, how do you grow they're... that? If you right. can't get any more of it. Yeah. That's definitely the constraint, but it, it is interesting. I know we talked about before that they will be having a new experience in Somerset, Kentucky, because they were headquartered in Florida. And I think that's where they were running yeah, operations. Tampa, I think. Yeah. And then I guess maybe it was just getting validity or maybe tax incentives. And that's why they said, hey, we'll go ahead and move it to Somerset. I do know Somerset was offering a big tax incentive for any bourbon distillery to move there. And they 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 took that, that I wouldn't say they took the bait, but they they definitely went for that. I do remember because one of my uh, high, or sorry, college roommates, his mother actually sent me the article a long time ago. And she said, what do you think about you going here? And I was like, well, we're not a brand that can, we don't plan on doing that. So we're not going to be, we're not going to be there anytime soon. Unless Gallo wants to give us like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. We'll go to any town in Kentucky and build it. <laughs> yeah. But Somerset's a great town and it's right there on Lake Cumberland. It's close by, I think it's the houseboat capital world. It is the houseboat capital. Um, yeah. 
but Somerset's great. We'll we'll have these like regional pockets of distilleries across the state. Yeah. So our last one here for the new side of things is at the Kentucky Distillers Association. They've announced that 21C Museums Hotel's original Louisville location is now joined alongside 21C's Lexington's as an official top-level barrel sponsor of the world-famous Kentucky Bourbon Trail. Located in the heart of downtown at 700 West Main, 21C Museum Hotel Louisville is a flagship property for the locally founded boutique hotel chain, bolstered by world-class art collections and acclaimed chef-driven restaurants, including Lockbox in Lexington and Proof on Main in Louisville. What began in 2006 as an effort by local preservationists and contemporary art collectors, Laura Lee Brown and Steve Wilson, to restore and revitalize their beloved hometown has since developed into an award-winning boutique hotel brand with properties across the country. And currently there are nine locations with plans for more to come. Yeah, and they were acquired by a French uh, parent company that specializes in boutique hotels too. So they have- were they? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think they have- um, hotels all across the world now. So not 21 C's, but that parent company, but, uh, 21 C's awesome. If you it's have an interesting been place and, to stay, you got to go find it, the red penguins. <laughs> they're all over. And <laughs> you got huge golden statue of David. Um, it's very eclectic, very eccentric, fantastic barrel. They have great barrel picks there. Oh, I forgot um, about that. Yeah. I remember I used to go and get like, there was an old scout pick there one time that oh, I picked yeah. up and a few other things. Yeah. Good, one of the best Copper and Kings picks I've ever had was at 21C, and one of the better old Scout picks too. And it's if if you're a guy, it's one of the <laughs> cold, craziest urinals in all of anywhere because you can pee and see outside, but they can't see inside. So you, <laughs> yeah. it looks like it looks like everybody walking past you can see you peeing, but they can't. But it feels like it when you're yeah it, i didn't even I, I remember the last time i went there too because you kind of just go on the first floor and i kind of looked around and we were eating dinner there and lauren goes let's go check out all the other floors i was like what do you mean there's other floors i had no idea there was a whole like lower level with even more oh, art yeah, installations museums, and stuff yeah 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 so it was a lot it was bigger and deceptive than i that i thought it was going to be but it was it was really interesting and it's definitely a, a unique stop and things to to do while you're here because it's not your average Hilton or Marriott right. or Garden Inn or anything like that. Instead, it's a very boutique, fun, swanky restaurant, uh, all that kind of thing built into one there. Yeah, they're not serving continental breakfast in the, <laughs> no, in the, <laughs> with with the uh, Frosted Flakes and waffles and 10-day-old heads. That, that one, the waffle machine where you got to get in the little Dixie <laughs> right. cup and pour it in. You got to turn it around. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I do like 21. Probably the last time I was there was maybe with you after Metallica concert. We went there <laughs> with true. like Drew and them uh, and hung out. Yeah, it's a good, great bar and great food. I'm, I'm happy it's on the bourbon trail. It makes sense because it's right there, you know, next to, in between Evan Williams and Michter's and the Frazier and uh, maybe a little treat there. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go ahead. We'll end it with the bourbon news. We'll be back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon, the farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription.
Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point of sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers inline and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. All right, everybody. Bourbon released news. There's only a, a, like one big headline, but there's a few other things in here that we'll kind of talk about. So let's go ahead and just get right into it. So there's a new small batch whiskey that's coming to market, and it's called Old Louisville Whiskey. And it's going to be coming to Kentucky in early August. It's founded by Amin and Beth Carood. The Old Louisville Whiskey Company also has its roots in the historic neighborhood, as the Carouds funded a company with the sale of their Old Louisville rental properties. The Carouds will open a tasting room and warehouse on Poplar Level Road, which people can visit by appointment to select single barrels from their unique whiskey collection. In addition to the tasting room, whiskey fans can also buy Old Louisville Whiskey Batch Number 1, and those will be on the shelves throughout Kentucky. The Old Louisville portfolio will feature a variety of mash bills, each new release patiently aged in warehouses until the Carouds deem them ready. The first batch will retail at $150 and was selected for its easy drinkability and crowd-pleasing flavor. It is a straight bourbon whiskey aged 7 to 10 years and bottled at barrel proof, uncut, unfiltered. For future releases, it will include American whiskey aged 16 years and rye, and all releases will be limited to around 2,000 bottles or less. The label reflects a map of Old Louisville from 1884 with a star that indicates one of the properties that the Caroods owned on 1st and Oak Street. In addition to owning property in the area, Amin worked in production at a renowned bourbon company where he supervised a bottling facility. A true lover of bourbon, he and his wife Beth began sourcing bourbon and letting it age for the Old Louisville whiskey line just a few years prior to launch. Very cool. Uh, Old Louisville has some amazing, beautiful house, Victorian houses. Like it, it it reminds you of DC. If you haven't ever been to Old Louisville, there's some, just some fantastic architecture and housing. Um, But uh, it's still kind of a little bit of a, like a gold mine too, because it's not expensive property to buy in Old Louisville right now. And it's one of those things that I remember for anybody that is traveling here, most people come and they go to this new, this place called the Nulu area. And Nulu didn't look like Nulu five to eight years ago. In fact, it oh, looked more like Lord Old no. Louisville. And <laughs> yeah. I, I thought Old Louisville was going to blow up and kind of that was going to be the place to go. So it still has potential that in a few years that could potentially be the new revitalization of places to go and things to do. So if you're, if you're looking to get into some property, there's still opportunity in Old Louisville. Yeah, there's a lot of cool restaurants and bars and stuff, you know, there too as well. I, there's this bar called Granville Inn. It's in Old Louisville that I used to go back in college. It's still there, but it's 
it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a little shithole <laughs> place, but it's tell me more about this. <laughs> yeah, and then Hilltop Tavern. There's there's a ton of in Old Magbar. There's tons of cool places in Old Louisville. You, you you've seen more of Old Louisville than I have. I I think I went down there to find chocolate chip cookies one time, and I think that was about it. I don't even remember where I went. Yeah, and they got the the donut place, North Lime, and then they got uh, I have that new s- square cut pizzas there now. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. pretty solid. I was a big yeah. fan of that too. But yeah, definitely go check it out. Put on your places just, of uh, hidden gems to go and check out too. Put on our Yelp page. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll put a few things on there. Speaking of, yeah, you're right. Shout out to the Yelp page. So if you're ever looking to come to Kentucky, look at the Bourbon Trail. We have a Bourbon Pursuit Yelp that you can go and you can look at all the restaurant recommendations that Ryan and I have. So make sure you uh, bookmark that one. So ASW Distillery is releasing a new edition of its flagship called Fiddler Bourbon. And this is called Fiddler Chin Music. And that commemorates the Atlanta Braves' unprecedented 2021 championship run. The release sees ASW Distillery finish its gold medal winning weeded bourbon mash bill on staves of Georgia oak and hand char maple bats from renowned Nashville bat manufacturer's Old Hickory Bat Company. It's bottled at cast strength with the baseball imagery adorning the label. And this release is the first in an ongoing series of Fiddler Chin Music releases celebrating the Atlanta Braves. The World Champions release will feature 4,000 bottles. It's 100 proof, and it will be available at bottle shops across Georgia, ASW Distilleries, three Atlanta tasting rooms, including the Battery Atlanta location. However, there were no prices available online that I could find. Uh, no Louisville Slugger. I'm out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that and, ooh, I mean, calling it chin music there. That's uh, that's kind of the... So I know. What's the fiddler? Like, I get the chin music because, like, you know, throwing a ball back, but what, what's the fiddler thing? I, I don't know. Maybe it's just their, I don't, actually a, with a fiddle, like somebody, like, well, did, I, like their logo. Like, I have no idea. I I didn't read into it that much. Gotcha. Sorry. Just <laughs> well, questions. You, you stumped the chump on that one, my friend. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so let's keep going here. So 291 Colorado Whiskey has partnered with master blender Marion Eves for her blind tasting kit. And they have now have also a new special release and it's called 291 E in quotation mark, Eve's release. And for the inaugural release, Eve spent weeks with 291 teams sampling their Colorado bourbon, which is finished with Aspen staves. From there, she married her ideal version of 291 Colorado bourbon whiskey. And the end result was the special 291 E in quotation marks, Eve's release. It's 129.6 proof bourbon with a sweet, or sorry, a smoky, sweet grain and oak floral and fruit essence. It has an SRP of $160 and is available on sealbox.com. Love the Aspen trees. They're beautiful. Well, I do. When I saw the picture of this as well, it definitely fits into her. Uh, it's on brand personally. Let me see. Say, because it's all black. It is a blackout label. It's because you have like the black label, a black E, black 291, no 14 million medallion stickers adorning it. It's just uh, all black. So it's it's kind of oh, cool. Yeah. Reminds me of like a murdered out SUV. I oh, I do like that. That looks, yeah, it's like a the G-Wagon with like <laughs> yeah, black on black. <laughs> black on black on black on black. Yeah. yeah. That, do you think she like takes a cut from the revenue or she charges them like a flat fee to to help blend these? It could be something where perhaps it is a, a an actual partnership to help get her name out there more because maybe in Colorado, amongst the 
the the people that are just buying whiskey, they might not know who she is, and it's a ability for her to get her name out there more. So it could just be a, a true partnership. But you're right. I mean, most of these things, it's I doubt Marianne's working for free anymore these days. Well, yeah, it does. So she's probably getting some sort of cut from it. But I don't know what would that would be. Yeah, just curious. I'm just yeah, trying to figure out how you can work your way into this game. Or you just jealous of the all black label. I know. Can we do one of those? That's pretty. That's pretty sweet. No, it is. It is pretty I, sweet. Like I said, I saw that and I was like, "Dang, that's a pretty, pretty sick looking label." Marion's way more talented than I am. There's no way I could <laughs> to a C an all black, you know, C bottle on somebody's brand. The yeah, yours would probably be crayons. Yeah, it it'd be like lime green sewage or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up with our last one. And this is talking to our friends, uh, Bob and Bill, over at the Four Gate Whiskey Company, because they have announced four new releases. It's batches 21 through 24. So fans of the previously released Ruby Rye Springs will enjoy batch 21, and this one's dubbed Port Perry Perry. So batch 21 is an eight-year Indiana rye whiskey finished in Australian tawny port casks with around 2,148 bottles produced at 112.2 proof. Batch 22 is a 10-year Indiana straight bourbon whiskey called Indiana Foundation. It's unfinished and bottled at barrel proof for of 108.8 proof. About 1,130 bottles of those were produced. Batch 23, called Barossa Creek, is a blend of 6- and 7-year Kentucky straight bourbons and an 8-year Indiana straight rye whiskey finished in Australian tawny port casks, clocking in at 121.3 proof with around 1,280 bottles. And lastly, batch 24, called Bourbon Down Under, is a high rye Indiana straight bourbon whiskey, aged six and a half years and finished in Australian Apera Sherry casks. The underlying bourbon mash bill in this batch was 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% malted barley. A total of 2,178 bottles were produced at 116.6 proof. All of these will have a price tag of $200. However, during the most recent supply chain issues, Fourgate Whiskey Company was temporarily faced with a bottle shortage. Go figure, we've all seen that happen before. So the decision to pause production or switch bottles has weighed heavily on them, but ultimately the team decided to use the new Gettysburg bottle. Once the final product was produced, they liked the new bottle so much that they've decided to keep it for some batches going forward. Additionally, Fourgate Whiskey Company located just three barrels of extra-aged, extra-high-proof Indiana straight bourbon whiskey. However, the Angel's share was so great on these barrels that the team was only able to produce a total of 129 bottles. This micro-batch will be released at a Louisville, Kentucky location on one day in the coming weeks. It is a 14-year Indiana straight bourbon clocking in at 144.3 proof, and the SRP will be $450 per bottle. It is also called Indiana Foundation with a batch number designated, quotes, MB, in the age statement prominently displayed. The bottle is geared towards collectors and fans of extremely high proof and extra-aged rare bourbon. Dang. That's a lot of batches. Um, but hey, they were to find some 14 year MGP bourbon. I think that's pretty impressive, too. You hear of rye, you don't hear the bourbon too much, though. I know that's squibs, man. Don't forget, it's Ross and squibs. <laughs> yeah, but I bet you they're they're probably hurting though when they dumped it and they got a total of 129 bottles and they're like, oh, oh that yeah, hurts. yeah. I don't want to know what those barrels cost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, y'all, the source market's not as glamorous as it seems because I, I guarantee you they, they'll probably be under on that release. I don't think they'll be making much money there, but it's a, it's probably going to be some I know, even at stuff. $400. 
Yeah. Because that one's at $400 a bottle, right? $450. $450, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, I, you taking everybody's cuts in between. Yeah, you're you're left with some pretty low margin on that one. But anyway, it's 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 great to see Bob and Bill and Forgate kind of putting out a bunch of new releases at once. I know they've been they're they're really good friends yeah. of the show. They're good friends. They're just good people in general, and they make a lot of great blends too. Yeah, I've loved everything that they've done. The only the only one was that that crazy gin barrel that was just not for me. But everything else has been like fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, and then now you can see it in a whole new packaging too, because the the all the glass the glass thing's real. I, we promise you, it's not a uh, it's not. I do like just I actually do like the new new glass because you know everybody had that like standard wine, bottle, wine bottle, and yeah, this one gives it some character. So I, I'm with them. They should use this moving forward. That was a good choice. There you go. You got Ryan's stamp of approval there. Yeah, like that matters. <laughs> <laughs> You're a designer at heart, aren't you? <laughs> no, not quite. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. That'll wrap it up for this week in bourbon. A lot of good news, a lot of good topics, and we'll do what we always do. We'll be back again here next week with even more bourbon news and maybe more bourbon great news. We'll, we'll keep it lighthearted. It'll be fun next time. But with that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week. Toodles. <laughs>